2: You're listening to Comedy Central. You're not gonna like this one, JG. Why? I know you, and I know you're not gonna like this one.
3: No, you assume these things. How do you know? What is it?
2: Now hiring. Queen Elizabeth II is dead, and the country <laughs> of England needs somebody to take the throne. Please submit your applications.
4: That's
2: the not w- hiring. www <laughs>
3: You're so wrong. <laughs> that is not how that listen, works. <laughs>
2: the old queen passed away uh, due to complications from being 96. Basically. <laughs> Look, I told you. To, <laughs> I told you, Brun, don't like this. Uh, hmm.
3: Stop making me laugh at stuff like that.
2: King Charles III takes the throne. Good for him. I, You know, I don't know what... Who would be the American equivalent of, like, a monarch? Like, somebody we all respect, but they ain't really got no, like, legal power. Like, like she's not, like, the prime
5: minister. Oprah? Mm-hmm. Oprah's... Oprah.
2: She's Oprah's nice, super though. super respected and influential. Oprah yeah. no, no, I'm not saying with the same fucked up Turkish oh, legacy okay. like Queen mm-hmm. I'm just saying just someone who walks around like they in charge, but they really got a lot of legal leverage to do a lot of
3: stuff. Well, she does. Now, wait a minute. She didn't sued or sent a cease and desist letter to one of our former guests, so uh, yes, she does. Oprah.
5: (laughs) Queen Oprah. Yeah, Oprah. Yeah, Oprah.
2: My name is Roy. This is my job fair. little raspy this week. I apologize in advance. Don't adjust your listening devices. Uh, Why? Ended up in a strip club with T-Pain. and Things got a little out of hand. Yeah!
6: Mm-hmm. yeah. Next thing down there. Why are
2: you the looking away? The next and I felt it. I felt it because I don't want you know, fucking mom guilt. Oh, on me okay. right now. Okay. Like, this is so third. It, it, about every eighteen months, I lose my voice. Okay. Just like clockwork. Right. Just inexplicably, my voice just goes. I'm taking a personal week. Good <laughs> luck to you. <laughs> and when that happens. Jacqueline goes into mom mode and your voice is your instrument and I don't understand why you would allow that man to take you to an establishment like that knowing that you had gigs to do. You had to do Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. You had to do a promote, confess, fletch your movie and mm-hmm. you had so many other things. The Emmys were coming up. Hello. There you are in Honolulu in a strip club screaming at the top of my lungs you damn right I was
5: how that work out though just just worked up pretty I was good, about right to say, damn it don't ask me mm.
2: i have made better decisions in my life <laughs> I
3: roy there is nothing wrong with having fun however you have to protect your instrument and your voice is your instrument jacqueline yes
2: when the strip club genie appears <laughs> poof
5: Script club genie.
2: You cannot say no. No. That's what T-Pain, T-Pain, he was doing shows in Honolulu mm-hmm. and I was in Honolulu doing shows and he came by my my spot after his show. That's dope. And, hey man, what you doing in that Hey man, where we going? What's the move? <laughs> like, and the strip club genie oh. took me.
5: I have words a, a strip club in Hawaii?
2: Ooh. It wasn't bad.
5: I was about to say, it doesn't it sound bad. It wasn't bad. A little weird. doesn't sound bad.
2: A little weird. So... Tennis. What what do we know about tennis other than it's expensive to play?
3: Oh, the outfits are cute.
5: Arthur Ashe is from Virginia. Yeah. That's what I know. I like the fact that the young brother that's been killing killing it at the U.S. Yes. Open. Tiafo, he's from the DMV. I know that much. And I know that he uh, I know he really rocked the other day when he beat that dude. Millie now rocked like a mug. He, he was all yeah. on the court, Millie rock. And I support that all day. I,
3: I don't know, but I know one thing. There's a member of the staff who went to the U.S. Open and didn't invite anybody else. But I'm going to leave that, that alone. That is
5: unfair. I'm not going to let you do that no, to her. Sir. She, she yeah. did invite people. You just happened not to Wait, be Wait,
3: who on the
2: team, who went Who went to the U.S. Ronda. Open? Down South Tennis Girl. Yeah, the U.S. <laughs> Open is a good-ass time. Yeah. Let me, let me just, just as an aside. Please. If you are a fan of food and atmosphere, Nice. The, the the only thing I can compare the U.S. Open to, it like it's tennis with a fucking tailgate, bro. What? Like, there's just mm-hmm. food and activities. And you could go to the U.S. Open and literally not see a match. You can just be walking around outside the stadium. And if you go mm-hmm. in the early rounds, it's like 30 fucking tennis matches happening. Just pick really? one,
5: dog. That's flames. And you can it. go in
2: center court where you mm-hmm. have a ticket. But it was... I haven't gone in years. I think I went like four or five years ago, and it was a legitimately good time. Nice. It really was. That's what's you up. You know, and you know, our guest today, uh Michael Costa, who's also a daily show correspondent, went to the US Open with Trevor Noah, because you know Trevor gets the box seats, and apparently motherfuckers think I only like baseball and I don't see no tennis to the US and I turn on the U.S. Open and see my boss and my motherfucking co-worker just innate giggling and just freaking eating elephant ears and freaking all
6: types of little Black.
5: pastries. It is weird when like, you know, you see your boss on, a, I don't know, throwing out a pitch at a baseball game and you kind of sit there like maybe he just thinks I like soccer. I don't know. So yeah, you're right. It is, it is weird. It's strange.
2: So yeah, tennis, let's let's
3: talk. <laughs> no, 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 about No, 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 no. You can't say that because you are actually promoting a movie. So you can yeah. get to a tennis match anyway, Mr. Confess Split. Yeah, it's
2: getting personal today. I didn't know that tennis would be the topic that would divide us like this. <laughs> oh, my god! Um,
3: it's
5: a game of love. It brings things out of people, you know what I
3: mean? Oh, love, one love. Okay, I like
0: that.
2: <laughs> a little research here from Down South Georgia, girl. It's not an unlucrative business, but... Hmm. God damn, everybody's in your pocket. Yeah. The top tennis coaches usually receive 10% of their players' prize money. Okay. Ooh. And then you have an instructor you got to pay. Yes. You got all the traveling tennis coaches you got to pay. You got trainers you got to pay. Mm. That's 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 not a lot. The average tennis pro uh in America only makes about $35,000 a year and that's not that So they're hard.
5: hungry. Mm. That sounds yeah. that sounds that sounds like uh, that sounds like it's a little grimy in there for real. If they only making like that, it's a lot of people. Well no, it's not a lot, but it's is significant people that that do that. That's 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 sleeping out your car money type stuff for it's real. It's no
2: different than minor league baseball. Yeah. Well yeah like when they do the when they do the numbers on minor league baseball, the mm-hmm. hours spent at the field versus what you paid, it's less it's literally less than minimum wage. So, you know, if you wanna have a chance at making some real prize money, you've got to, you know. You gotta pay your dues. A master racket technician.
3: What is that?
5: That's the person. A fixes master match, racket the, the, technician. They fix the uh <laughs> yeah. They fix the strings on the racket, don't they?
2: Yeah, and also uh, matches athletes with the best racket for their type of play. And it focuses on every detail of the racket from the string oh. material to the tension mm. to make sure that the racket is customized and just right.
3: I like mm. that.
5: That's like technology.
2: Forty thousand a year.
3: Forty?
2: Lastly, before we get into the CMO here, thank you again, Rhonda. Here's some of the ways that tennis players get played. And this is why I think that tennis isn't seen as as immediate of a path out of the hood. When you look at the payout of a fucking tennis tournament, you do this once or twice a year, it's not a bad lick, dog. So let's look at the breakdowns real quick. Um, bonuses, of course, are into every player's sponsorship. You sign with Nike, and if you win this many tournaments, we're going to give you mm-hmm. a little more money. Exhibition fees, endorsement deals, sponsorships, appearance fees, which are always dope. Roger Federer, nice. one million in appearance fees just to show up to smaller tournaments. Like this motherfucker just—it's not even an official tournament. It ain't sanctioned by nothing. My father, playing and one street ball tennis. <laughs>
5: If the money is right. How tennis players
2: get paid. Mm-hmm. This is a breakdown from the 2019 U.S. Open. If you get eliminated in the first round, you get $58,000. Second round, $100,000. Okay. Third round, $160,000. Fourth round, two eighty. dollars Quarterfinal, half a mil. Semis, 900. Runner up, 1. nine hundred. Runner-up, $1.9. If you win, if you won the U.S. Open in 2019, you got $3.8 million now wow. what's a decent now keep in mind you're paying for your own travel you're paying for and, and Michael Costa is going to break down of why $58,000 for the first round really ain't as good as we think it is half to taxes and 10% to your fucking coach and your tennis pro and the motherfucker that's stringing up the strings on your racket. I guess he got to get a little pinch too everybody getting a fucking pinch <laughs> It's time now for
1: Cody's most outstanding employee of the week.
2: Now, as you were talking earlier, third, we got to give props to this brother, Francis Tiafo. He was the first American. Since Andy this is, this is when you know they're getting deep into them tennis statistics. He's the first American since Andy Roddick in 2004 to make it to the, like, not even the last American to win. They was just like, did you know an American ain't even got this goddamn far in 20 years? Holy shit.
5: This 20 years.
3: Rhonda's moonlighting, giving them no stats.
2: <laughs> it was dope to see him play, but the thing that I liked about watching T.I.F.O. in the U.S. Open was that he played with emotion. Mm-hmm. And I really did appreciate yes, did. that because he didn't mute himself and become, well, I must be buttoned up. He was like, nah, Yes, I beat Nadal. This motherfucker's number two in the world. Listen to me throwing out tennis names. Like I watch this shit every week. He beat the dude <laughs> who's bad in the motherfucker and then did the Salt base sprinkle on his
5: ass.
4: <laughs> the game Come wasn't on, even I over need. yet.
5: I support anybody bringing flavor to mainstream sports. You might as well have done the Crip Walk like Serena did so many years ago when oh. she beat somebody. And that was amazing to watch. So I, I enjoy when, when when folks come up there and, you know, let, let them know a little bit. Let them know that the rest of us is watching, too. I dig that.
3: I haven't seen it yet, but I can't wait.
2: You'll like his story, oh, you J.G., this, and you, you tell you me whether this yeah. is fair or foul. It's very difficult sometimes for us to just be allowed to just sit back and enjoy an athlete being a good-ass athlete and being new and mm. being dominant and being refreshing, how soon is too soon to tell the struggle stories about the athlete? Because his star is now, so you kind of got to know everything now, but do you have to, the because it'd be the way that they bring it up. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what I mean, third? Like, when they start talking about the struggle, yeah. like, while he's playing in the match, and as we all know, he came from nothing his daddy was a janitor, and they they ate a mop every day. And his family <laughs> they ate a mop with peanut I, butter I, I every I day. They him. had mop sandwiches.
0: <laughs> mop
2: sandwiches. Tr
5: Kind of think in this guy's situation, you got to tell that story right now, because because I mean we talked to Costa, and you know how much of a struggle this. There's no bag boys. There's no there. You know they don't they don't get to you know harass rookies to carry their stuff they're their own rookies they carry their own equipment they pay their own mm-hmm. stuff you got to tell this guy's story now in hopes that there's somebody out there that's willing to give this brother money to continue doing this very expensive sport
2: okay so then middle ground mm-hmm. let the white okay. tennis professionals call the match and then when it's time to tell the, the story and go into the news package about him doing one of the timeouts you call in a black person and let them see it <laughs> like really. struggle announce it like you have play by play you have color commentator announcer. and then you have struggle you have struggle no. person now
3: no. No.
2: and with that ball it is yes. now 40-40 <laughs> <laughs> to serve after this break but real quick we have Jacqueline and Jacqueline tell us about the struggle of this Negro Well. <laughs> His name is Francis and his father used to work at a tennis center and he had really bad equipment. And those white kids used to tease him when he had that bad equipment. But he said, I don't care. And I'm going to go out there and beat you. And that's what he did. Thanks, Jackal. I
3: don't sound like that. <laughs> oh, oh,
5: it was a head nod for me. It was a total head nod in there. That was it. That was
2: Overcoming so and coming to America and truly being the American dream. And getting out that U.S. open and whooping ass and making sure that people know your name henceforth and forever going into 2023. Francis Mm -hmm. Tiafo. you are
1: Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Totally Brought
2: to you by Sackleson State Community College. So worst and first time, Jacqueline, what if I do the whole show like this? Nice and deep voice to protect the fact that I have a little bit of rasp today.
3: Then I'm gonna have to answer a bunch of emails from women who will be like, Okay, that's kind of sexy.
2: Yeah, (laughs)
3: Don't do that.
2: That would be a hit podcast. Just sex sounds (laughs) like ASMR. (laughs) Not sex, but
5: just oh,
3: okay, oh. It's just the sounds mm. like when you're faking girl. it in a movie. Oh, okay, Jacqueline,
5: Jacqueline be the world's first audio uh... today, girl. Oh my God, your hair,
2: <laughs> just, like just just welcome home would be the name of the podcast. And just when you come home as a woman, you put it on, and then it's just me in your ear. Damn, you look like you had a
5: long day, baby.
3: We have guests, Tell
5: Roy. We, we have guests. wanna be the world's first audio intimacy coordinator. <laughs> <breath. laughs>
3: this
2: this person that we have today, uh, his career s- spreads multiple genres. Like mm-hmm. I would say, he's checked a lot of boxes. Mm. Professional athletics check. Professional entertainment mm. check. Mm. College, all of that, working out in the regular world check. Mm. Uh, he is a good friend of mine, and I. We, um, we share a hallway together over there at the Daily Show. But before that, we ran them L.A. joke streets together. J.G., who do we have on the line?
3: We welcome comedian and Daily Show correspondent Michael Costa to the show. While Michael is best known for his work in comedy, we were surprised to learn that he is also, like you said, a former professional athlete. The Michigan native enjoyed a successful college tennis career before going pro and eventually coaching. His coaching gig allowed him time to try his hand in stand-up comedy. And I guess they say the rest is history. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Wow. This is already more researched than I anticipated.
5: You had a mean year, one year in tennis, man. I think you uh, reached all of 864. We have clips of uh, that year with... You were killing it at uh, eight sixty three, eight sixty two, and
0: uh, yeah. eight sixty four. It's like a rise of well, the ball thing. Well, no, and this, you know, this is the if for those that the, that are unaware, eight hundred and sixty four was my highest ATP Association of Tennis Professional world rankings. Okay, that's the highest. That's the best <laughs> I ever got. Okay, that's I mean, I mean, it's still to this day the signature on my email it is it is what i am i am most proud of but it is like you know I, I maybe it's just because i love in sport unlike in comedy roy there is no subjectivity there is no oh i'm 864 but i actually am number 1 I actually am a grand <laughs> slam champion in sport. <laughs> you are your number. That is it. Period. Okay,
2: so then let's let's start there for the worst and first part of this conversation. Now, being a college athlete, we spoke with Candace Parker um a while back and she was talking about her time at Tennessee and how when you're a student athlete, there is no time to deliver pizza. There is no time mm-hmm. to work retail. So were you pretty much from your childhood on, were you always in athletics and just, you just were never the kid that worked at the drive-through? Like what were some of those first Michael Costa pay stubs or did none of that yeah. happen until the world of tennis?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. And you know, Candace is right. It, it actually doesn't matter what co- collegiate sport you play. If it's a varsity sport, they, they got you. They got your schedule. Mm-hmm. They have your hours mm-hmm. on lockdown. They feed you mm-hmm. at feeding times. Um. So when my when my is that it, what it's it,
2: called? <laughs> right, I'm like, it's it's like ring the
0: bell, the it, bell, like a Pavlov thing. <laughs> cling cling. Tennis people eat now. Bing bing. I mean, come it, eat it, I know I made it sound like we're a bunch of gerbils, but you kind of are. You kind of are, and, and you're repre- You're representing the the team in the jersey that you're wearing. And for me, it was University of Illinois. But um, hmm. to answer your question, Ooh. when John Costa, my father realized that college might be free for me. He <laughs> said he said he said you can spend your summers working on your serve and your forehand. Um so I didn't have to do those drive through jobs. I didn't have to, you know, man, my, my siblings nice. did yeah, they did everything. It was nice, except in the back of my head I kept thinking, I better get a scholarship. Uh, which, mm. which thankfully I, <laughs> thankfully I, I, did, but you know, I mean, yeah. truly my job became, became to get very good at tennis. So that's, that's what I focused mm. on.
2: To me, mm. tennis is an interesting sport in that, you know, it's your fault. Like the, <laughs> there's no teammate to blame. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. There's, there's no, yeah. blame. Well, the, I mean, the coach called the wrong play like your coach your tennis coach may call the wrong strategy for the match well it's his fault you want to play against the net or but but ultimately you had to hit that fucking
5: ball bitch it's the coach's and you fault. you can yeah. hit that ball no that. coach's fault
2: you did, no, you didn't run. <laughs> you it's on you third it's coach run fault. your ass across that
5: fault, court or it's a fucking racket's fault it's not my fault fuck huh? that nah, i've seen the game real i object. know how it works there's
3: a reason
0: his name is third and not first. first. <laughs> that might be the best play I've ever heard. I'm, God damn, that was good. I'm just i I'm, 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 I'm just messing, obviously. But Roy, what does that remind it reminds me of comedy, of stand-up comedy. Like mm-hmm. I can yeah. I, you know, Friday late show, I was in Kansas city. It didn't go well. It, you know, mm-hmm. I walked off the stage. Oh. I was ready to bitch about the server. I was ready to bitch about the check spot. I was ready to bitch about the group up front. That was complaint. That was loud. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's like, yo, it's you. You're out there, man. Do, do your right. job. And, um, right. so tennis is very similar to me to stand up comedy in the sense that the responsibility falls on, on your shoulders
2: so let's get into the world of professional tennis you're out you're on the atp tour and you're doing your thing and you're winning matches and you're losing matches and you're trying to figure your way through this particular world what are the hurdles as a young new because like is it are they called rookies like what is the beginning level in tennis because it seems like tennis is just motherfucker play
0: it's beautiful in the sense that you know anybody can kind of sign up for an open qualifying low level professional tournament so mm-hmm. in theory yeah. if you you can win your way into the US open um now yeah. technicality i was probably playing the majority of my matches on the ITF which is the international tennis federation circuit which is like the double a single a sometimes triple a version of what you're watching on tv right now the us open so i was in the bull durham okay uh minor leagues but nice the big okay. one of the biggest hurdles not a sexy answer is money I, you're self-funding mm-hmm. in tennis it's mm-hmm. it's like golf i don't have a team i don't have i'm not playing for the you know toledo mud hens uh, I'm playing for Michael Costa, and so what my one of the greatest gifts my dad gave me was he didn't give me money. He said I will help you create a business plan where you sell shares of your potential earnings to investors, oh. and we basically hey. created Ugh. the Michael Costa Tennis nice. com- Company, and people. <laughs> people bought shares of me for $5,000 and we raised $175,000 and I played on that. And once that was done, Whoa. guess what? I switched to comedy. You
5: nft yourself? <laughs> like a boxer. You NFT'd <laughs> like yourself. Boxer. You literally nft <laughs> yourself. Is that what you did? Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. In, in, 19, in 2001, I nft myself.
5: <laughs> that's pretty fire, man. You're, you're, you're a trailblazer, sir. So at least you didn't have to get an OnlyFans to work the poll. I appreciate I that,
0: right. Costume. But you also, you know, that's, think that's about like... What, what a great gift from my dad it wasn't money brilliant. It was it was entrepreneurial spirit it was believing in yourself it was also calling his friends that had money but um you know what a great what a great uh, what, what a great parenting move
5: that's that's something serious it's one thing to call uh, I got a kid it's one thing to call your friends and get them to buy like Girl Scout cookies or whatever doohickeys that they're selling for the basketball team. It's a whole nother thing to call somebody and make a serious <laughs> investment. And say, I want you to put your money behind my child who I believe in. who can actually do something. that's, that's pretty dope. And there's there. no $10,
2: guarantee. $10,000 will give you 1% of his mm-hmm. earnings. Yeah. For yeah, would, whatever, over X amount of years, which means they'll get the 10 K back over the, damn that's yeah it was more
0: like i I still have the business plan but it was like they got 30 they got 30 percent the first two years and it it went down after that and long story short they all got about half their money back but michael costa and and tennis you know from from a from a venture capitalistic standpoint i was a failed company but um but i'm to this day extraordinarily you can write that off yeah, <laughs> well, and I just was so That's appreciative. True. They they gave me the opportunity to travel the world and to compete, mm-hmm. uh, to compete at a sport that I that I was good at and
2: loved playing.
5: That's really dope. It's really
2: so dope. in stand up. If I'm working a city in the early days, bro, if I was somewhere more than two days, I went to a temp service and I got a day job while I was mm. in that city. Wow. So when you're touring oh, wow. for tennis could you like because a tournament could be two weeks long right if you're if you're going far into that tournament what is the day-to-day are you just training and practicing like there's just no time to get any type of because it seems like the type of job where you can't get a no, side you, hustle
0: yeah you know, you're, when, when you're playing in these tournaments that i was playing the tournaments are only one week long but uh the ones that i was playing in, you know the major tournaments are two weeks long but dude your job is to sleep you sleep don't underestimate sleep sleep professional athletes oh. sleep that is your healing time that is your downtime you sleep you eat and you train and that is it
2: quick break when we come back to homie narado aka rob for short maybe we talk a little tennis with him see if he's done a little bit of tennis and then i want to get into the world of tennis groupies with michael Koster. A little scam action job fab we'll be back
6: Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Job fair. Talking
2: tennis. The homie Michael Costa is standing by, and we'll get back to Costa and talk a little bit about the world of tennis groupies. And um, we'll probably uh, talk to him a little bit third about the shadiness in comedy clubs since he does Mm stand-up now, you know. Scam gonna do what the scam gonna do. Uh, real quick before we um, take this show off the rails, JG. Yes. Did you know that Sackleson State Community College now has a faceless tuition policy? That's right. If you are less than an eight, Sackleson State is still willing to invite you to in person classes. As we already know, Sackleson State Community College, is the only community college for good looking people, the distraction of ugliness. Is a, scurge, is a scourge on our educational system. But with the new faceless semester at Sackleson State, if you are an ugly person, you can still attend in class if you agree to face the wall. You get the same curriculum, oh. the same education, the same lectures. Nice. All we ask that you do at Sackleson State is point your desk at the wall to not distract the more intelligent scholars. Sackleson State Community College, you can get a 4.0 but not if you're a four. Visit them online, SacState.com.
3: Where the now, graduation rate is 30%. Mm.
5: Ooh, shit, goddamn.
2: Yeah, that's the chemical that's <laughs> released in your brain when you see an ugly person. Your brain just <laughs> shuts down. It's ooh, shit, goddamn.
5: Ooh, shit, goddamn.
2: <laughs> we turn it over now briefly to a brother who is the author of the New York Times bestseller how to make love to your woman on a public bus and not miss your stop. Uh. Sold over three million copies hardback. Gee, <laughs> shit. <laughs> His mama named him Narado. We call him Rod for short. Rod, we talking tennis today. We was talking a little bit about uh, the U.S. Open and that brother a couple weeks ago who was running things, Francis Tiafoe. Mm-hmm. Black man, first generation immigrant from Sierra Leone. Rod, do you like it when they have the struggle story about the athlete while the athlete is still being great? Or does that feel a little out of pocket to you?
4: Yeah, I don't I don't like that. It's uh, it's very annoying. It's what it's, it's like my top two, like two things that really bother me in sports is these super struggle stories that are, like, totally irrelevant to what they're being great at. And when, like, the announcers are, like, coming up with these weird stats to make some shit more interesting, you know, they're like, this is the (laughs) first play. He just became the first player to hit 11 consecutive free throws in black socks. What the fuck are you talking about?
5: (laughs) The first 10 goals of the season all scored by the left foot. It is amazing. (laughs) What the fuck?
2: for me the issue with the struggle story I think it holds water to what third said earlier makes perfect sense you have there are people watching who have to know that no matter what situation they're in now they can overcome it but can we do it at the end of the match can we do it at the end of the tournament can we do it before like before the game starts but like when they're in the game actively playing the game constantly and just a reminder the gentleman you're watching used to sleep in a fucking trash can at McDonald's and he would eat whatever whatever food came down that trash can at McDonald's and yeah. his family came from Sierra Leone and they survived on that middle bread in the Big Mac that nobody likes. They would just eat <laughs> Big Mac middle bread and now you see him here at the tournament. forty fifteen. 15 Tiafoe to serve.
4: It's disrespectful, man. <laughs> I just find it real disrespectful. Like They don't tell you about... They only do that with people of color. Like they'll tell you about the white That dude is so their tennis Who moms is in a mental asylum And got a pill problem They'll talk about that shit That's so facts, <laughs> man But they always quit to tell you This Oh, this black person You better believe, buddy This is even more amazing Because Yeah, they Both their parents Died from AIDS And had drug problems And they were homeless Till last night And all that shit
3: but then on the opposite <laughs> side of that coin, that means that we people of color and so on and so forth, we need to take control of our own narratives. The only thing you're gonna know about me is what I tell you and what I put out there. So but just you can't because- do
5: that with a tur- you can't do that during a tennis. Like match all
3: those or, people, or or everybody like that's
5: that's public
4: information so to speak, but like I just you don't give like them
3: that the narrative. You
4: can only if you start doing that with white people. Tell me about this white lady's brother who fucking is in prison for manslaughter because he killed his girlfriend in a drunk driving accident when he was sixteen. Yeah, they're gonna hide all Talk that. Talk about like, they that. They never
5: tell. They never that tell the stories mean. of the Eastern European players. Like that's. That I, I agree with. Mean. Like if you are if you are black and you are from the UK. You are from America or you are from somewhere in Africa, they find the hardest luck. Your family used to sleep on straw and date elephants type yeah. story to tell while you were on the screen. But don't let them be from like Poland or Romania or one of those Eastern European countries where they had some horrible shit happen. Yeah. They just skip over all of that shit.
4: It's the subtle racism of lowered expectations. I
3: agree, it's that. I if somebody's that,
4: white enough but... on a hard background, nobody cares because they, They're white. So they're expected to be great. So that's not something to overcome. But if you're black and you got a parking ticket, they're going to talk about that shit forever.
3: I agree that the racism is there. I agree that uh, all the things are there. However, if that's not the story he wants told, and we don't know what story he wants told or whomever. Of course. Go to ESPN and tell them. This is my story. Let me tell you my story the way I want you to share my narrative.
5: That is not how journalism works. Those people, I not even a those thing. people but will
3: never. Take they
5: will laugh. They will. Were, they were laugh in your fucking yeah. face. You coming in? There, like, you coming there, there and be like, "This is don't. a story that." Look, I love the fact that you guys talked about my broke ass background, but I went to college and I had a scholarship. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen. So we're going to run the story we already got. You just going out there and keep playing tennis. I get what JG's saying,
2: though. And let me Mm -hmm. give you an example. And this is some shit y'all can actually Google about me. So Mm -hmm. when I do podcasts, right, there is a difference in the way the episode description of the podcast is written when I mention mm. getting arrested versus not mentioning getting arrested. Mm. If I straight up if I straight up don't bring up getting arrested in a conversation they go tell me how you got in a stand up. We know the truth. I got arrested. I thought I was going to prison. I did comedy to deal with depression until I got sentenced. And then I got probation and I kept doing comedy the rest of my life. That's mm. the truth. Mm. But in certain conversations you can feel that shit. I can't explain it but you can feel it. And it's like, it's very much, a, so tell me about your struggle and tell me about everything. And, and, and sometimes, and this is like, you know, I'm talking five, 10 years ago type shit, where I would mention the arrest, right? And we'll be eloquent and explain why and what happened and I am remorseful. And then we would talk for another 50 fucking minutes about other shit in my life. But then it would be boiled down in a news article or the mm. podcast description. Roy Wood Jr. Talk about all my going to prison and doing comedy. <laughs> Motherfucker, That's not all that I am. That's mm-hmm. not. All. So I would sw- just I would just straight up not talk about it. I just straight up would not bring it up. And I get what JG is saying, like in certain instances to manipulate the people that you're talking about, Rod, who literally are only going to write what you say and only going to put out what you say. You just got to straight up, not tell them shit. And if you already know that about me, then motherfucker just write it. Cause that was the thing that was really, that used to really be fucked up is JG. They wouldn't, they wouldn't know that part of my story because they've done the research.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And
2: then they would, add it, but they want me to say it to them for the they, oh, right. Bitch, they need to verify it. it, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. verify
3: that
2: What do you opinion? need to verify it for? I talked about getting arrested. Oh, three on Star Search, motherfucker. <laughs> That's twenty years Watch worth of fucking. Go get it. <laughs> yes. right? So, so in those interviews, where I feel them fishing mm-hmm. for struggle? Fit, let's call it struggle fishing, right?
5: Struggle fishing. <laughs> That's the term. Talk,
2: talk, talk about I'm your
3: fish Uh huh. <laughs> Damn! Jack. Talk about what
2: talk about what you've overcome and struggle. I mean, your comedy. I understand your early days in comedy. The mm. struggle, right? <laughs> I just be like, yeah, I was mm. hard it. on the road. <laughs> it slept was in my car. Yeah. Yes, yes, but what else? What else? Nope. D- struggle. Yeah, mm. man. Everybody struggled, but I'm here and I'm thankful. So I, I get what you're saying. I but but, but thank you for that, Rod, because I just. I think there is a place to know where someone is overcoming, but I'm just not sure if in the middle of while the match is in progress. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. Not while it's in progress. Or we bring in a struggle comment, you add a third person (laughs) to the booth ride. This is what I propose you add a struggle commentator but you let it be a brother because a brother delivers struggle on the upbeat mm. so it doesn't sound as painful
4: you bring Tracy Morgan you know in as hustle man <laughs> and make him the struggle correspondent
2: <laughs> now, welcome back we're in the third set Tiafo is down 6-2 and he's been through a lot uh, to tell a little bit more about his story it's good to struggle commentator Tracy Morgan Tracy what can you tell us about Francis Tiafo? well yes yeah, Daddy was a janitor. He's a janitor, and they <laughs> slapped in the motherfucking tennis and said, That's how you learn that fucking tennis. He's around, you can't not learn tennis. Sleeping around tennis. Stop
3: making that face. <laughs> have you seen
2: Tracy Morgan
3: talk? Yes, to the- I did. No, the, the voice is the face. It ain't in the throat.
4: It ain't in the throat. You got to, to do the face.
5: It's <laughs> only
1: totally in the face.
4: <laughs> <laughs> mm.
3: We bring Rod on this
2: program every week okay. to give you topics to break the ice. with co-workers you can't stand, co-workers in the opposite race. Rod, we'll let you go ahead and break it down for folks this week.
4: Oh, man, for your black co-workers, a huge conversation raging right now. Uh, rapper Shad Moss, better known as Bowser's Shad. Wowsers, better yes, known sir. also as Lil Bow Wow. He is currently getting ready to set off on the Millennium Tour once again. And and this time features a $1,000 Lil Bow Wow VIP backstage package, where if you give Bow Wow $1,000, he will give you a tour of the facilities where they're performing and he will let you hang out in his quote-unquote private club for about 30 to 45 minutes, and you'll also get a personalized backpack and a picture.
2: Rhonda, huh? find me Chris Brown's VIP price real quick. <laughs> so, <laughs> why are people complaining about this?
4: Well, you know, well, the, well, the joke is, you know, why would anybody pay $1,000 to meet and greet with Bow Wow? Because yeah. that's and the same price wow. Chris Brown... <laughs> has a picture in like 10, 15 minute package for a thousand dollars. And it's just like, okay, that's Chris Brown, but this is Bow Wow. He should be willing to take $25 to hang out with him. That's Rihanna's
3: ex-boyfriend. He don't even get Chris Brown like that is mm.
2: yeah yeah okay thank you down south charge girl yeah but, but Chris Brown is only charging a thousand let's see but you don't get to hang and be around so Bow Wow is the better value you get a lot more with I'm Bow Wow
4: but the problem is for people is that it's Bow Wow
2: it's paying a thousand dollars
4: to good. hang out with Chris Brown versus paying a thousand dollars to hang out with Lil Bow Wow
2: but what if Bow Wow is your Chris Brown?
4: Then you should be then your a life is in question. your muscles and You T-Ace do not need to be in a concert. Poor. You don't you need to talking eat about? Eat. You're a dangerous, <laughs> You're a danger to society and yourself. Your face you know, is very. You're a poor. diehard <laughs> Bow Wow fan. Ooh. <laughs> I'm
2: not, you know what? No, fuck that. I'm not going to let y'all attack by a while like this. This man set a price.
5: He's, he's going That's attack. attack himself. <laughs> this that's, man. That's, a self, that's self-check. I know you don't play a lot of basketball, but he's literally throwing the ball off the backboard and catching it and trying to shoot a basket. This is a so, self So you're telling me no that money. paying a
4: $1,000 to go backstage and hang out with Chris Rock is the same as paying a $1,000 to spend two extra hours past Chris Rock with Willie and Tyler.
6: <laughs>
2: That's what you're telling me First <laughs> talk. You're not going to disrespect Willie Tyler and Lester That is allegedly not the truth I you tell me,
4: You're telling me A Good thousand dollars with Willie Tyler and Lester Is the same as a thousand dollars with Chris Rock disrespecting <laughs> Willie Tyler I'm not disrespecting I respect the hustle, I respect the talent I'm just saying, if you're telling me They're in the same world, then I'll drop this whole thing If you're telling me Chris mm. Rock Is equal to Willie Tyler and Lester
2: I <laughs> I'll drop it. I ain't, I drop I ain't it. Seen I'll drop it. I'll tell
4: Bow to raise seen the seen price it. to ten thousand. If you would tell me on the record <laughs> that Willie Tyler Lester is exactly the die. same you no, as you, no, can't do <laughs> it. Say Jimmy
2: Walker is some shit. Say something <laughs> else. <laughs> what I'm saying is <laughs> the market decides, right? And the market has decided that some people have decided that Bow Wow is worth 1000 fucking dollars, which is a lot of fucking
3: money. Who I, would you wait in line for? Is there anyone you would la- wait in line for? Me some- personally? Not a yeah. soul. I
4: wouldn't wait in line to meet Jesus fucking Christ.
3: <laughs> okay. What about you, third?
5: <laughs> First of all, I'm paying the G. Second of all, I better be seeing Tam Greer. Like or somebody like that. Like I, I I can't and she's the only person I could think of because that way I could I, I gotta justify this G with my wife. So like that's the other problem that I oh, have yeah. with this shit. I gotta justify it's the gotta G got Somebody
2: I both of y'all wanna meet. Then y'all gotta like to right, you know it. I,
5: I say Barack. I'll leave it at Barack. I pay I pay the G for Barack. Who would you wait three hours and pay a thousand dollars to me?
2: Um it, this goes back to a question from way many episodes before Rod. And I said that, I can't remember what it was, but I said, I really want to meet Andre 3000, uh-huh. but I would book mm. Big Boy because I know Big Boy would actually show up. hmm
5: uh-huh.
2: Andre 3000, maybe, I would wait, I don't know if I'd pay a G, but I would wait He's three like hours to meet Samuel Atlanta L. Jackson. at like, like if somebody told me stand right here and in three hours Samuel L. Jackson will be here and we'll have a conversation with you. I probably would stay put,
5: Jacqueline.
4: Jacqueline.
3: Oh, I would only wait in line for food. <laughs> I don't need to. <laughs> get, <but laughs> oh,
4: would you pay a thousand dollars for a meal?
2: It mm.
3: Depends on what it is. Now,
2: like that Salt Bay restaurant or Gordon Ramsay, oh, that, like one that, of them that, gold-covered steaks and shit.
4: <laughs>
3: If yeah. it's an experience, I will pay the money for it. I will wait in line for it. It's that white tablecloth. I'm going to Michelin meet star the action. Chef, yes, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I'm all in on that.
2: Uh, all right, Rod, let's flip it up for the people real quick.
4: For your white coworkers, we got a motherfucking doozy right now. Uh, a country club in Manassas, Virginia. Shout out. Was forced to release an apology for a special 9/11-themed food menu to mark the no. 21st anniversary oh, no. of 9/11. How do you have a
5: food menu? What,
4: yeah. What? Well, uh, I'm glad you asked that, Ralph, because I, I got the <laughs> list right here, my man. Uh, would you like? some flight 93 redirect that is hot crab dip with a crostini you can't say that first responder oh, flatbread <laughs> yeah no. first responder
3: flatbread wait a for a first responder no. flatbread Jacqueline no that's mm. not an experience
4: what about 9-11 oysters the freedom like flounder
5: oysters, but I don't want the- are the 9-11 oysters deep fried deep fried
4: uh yeah, they look like it. Yeah, they that they, with Chipotle Remolet. You get six. Ooh, conv,
5: not Remolet.
4: Uh Pentagon Pie. Oh my The Remembered Teeny. And the most egregious thing on this list is a creamy crab and corn with bacon chowder called 2977 chowder. For those of you who don't know, 2,977 oh, is the official shit. fatality count of the attacks Great. of 9 11. Oh, wow. And if you don't know which one of those things sounds the most delicious, they do have a never forget sampler. I'm not bullshit. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Stop!
4: I'm not bullshit. Stop!
2: The <laughs> only thing that would have made this more egregious is if all of these food items were lightly dusted with of sugar.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is insane, man. Like, who comes crazy? This sounds like an idea from a comedy sketch that you tell another comedian, you know? Because when comedians talk to each other, there is absolutely nothing off the table. And that's what this sounds like. This sounds like a joke between a couple comedians in a group chat. And somebody turned it into like, a real, a fucking restaurant manager at a fucking country club was like, we got a Mark 9-11. We
5: need
4: Pentagon Pies. That is insane. There's so many people to
5: fire in this situation. Like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago <laughs> on the show, but like, who do you fire here? Are we firing the GM? Are fire, we firing the Everybody chef? above firing the, the, the kitchen winters? is out of here. Are we firing <laughs> Are we firing the weed man who brought this fucking weed to the chef <laughs> to yes, make them have it. this idea? Everybody there above is the so kitchen yeah. staff to
4: has to fucking go, man. They got to go. It's nuts. That's, the this podcast this, this, mm.
2: It's Uncle Rod's Story Corner. I hang my,
5: head in, shame, I hang my head in shame, Virginia. I hang my head in shame, Virginia. Thank you, Rod. It's crazy to think they even did that shit in D. Do you, do you know how serious? I mean, they take nine eleven 11 real serious here in, in, in New York, Around but like, you know, in DC 9-11 is a, is a seriously solemn ass thing. I can't even believe somebody would do that shit. That's
2: crazy. Rod, thank you as always. We'll get with you next week. We're going to do another uh, Rod's Relationship Fair.
4: Oh, yeah. I'm next ready. Week.
5: Yeah.
2: Talking about uh, <laughs> holiday work parties that have gone south. If you got a work
3: party.
4: <laughs> <nice>. Merry
2: <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> reach out to us. Roy's job. Fair.
3: If your boss allows if you to you have are. a party. I was about
5: to say, y'all know we'll fuck this up. This, this is enough reason for Roy to take the party from our ass. Like, we just, just having one here already. Yeah, we ain't having no damn you know,
2: party. No party. I'm gonna come to each of you all house individually and we're gonna celebrate.
5: Welcome welcome, welcome to
0: the uh, Grinch's job
4: fair. <laughs> gonna, gonna,
2: job fair holiday parties is one on one. You know, for you to schedule it like an evaluate, like he's, a working He's event.
3: gonna give us an evaluation.
5: He's gonna do his like the coachman, come in there and lay out shots of these our houses uh, and take the shots uh, and leave. Uh, <laughs> what the
4: hell?
2: <laughs> Scam of the week, Tom. Let's get back to our guests. We're talking tennis with Michael Costa.
5: I've always heard, like, if you're a tennis professional, like, if you're a tennis pro, that, like, you know, at least in the movies, it seems like a lot of older women who are very lonely try to sleep with you. I'm not asking you huh? to call yourself out, Costa, but I'm just saying, you know, like, have you What's seen that tennis
2: groupie game? Yeah, yeah, yeah oh. but it's different
5: when you're a tennis pro because you get, like, you know what I'm saying, like millionaire wife groupies, <laughs> which is crazy. I'm not saying it's a side hustle. I'm just saying that if you got the right tournament and you about three weeks out, you could tennis pro. I'm not trying to call you out, Kost.
0: I'm asking this you the This question was not
2: in the prep doc, Kost. I yeah, want no. you to know <laughs> this, he's going off this, the
5: rails.
0: The best questions are never in the prep doc, right? Uh, this excellent. <gasps> qu- this is an excellent question. Um, is it? You, you might be mistaking like teaching pro at a country club for a playing professional, right? Now, mm my friends that are at the country clubs teaching rich wives who are bored and they sign up. Yes. Yes. It happens. Yes. 100%. There's a reason. It's the cliche. Um, the closest that happens in the, in the tournaments that I was playing was, um, you would sometimes get to a tournament and you could request housing. You could say, Hey, I don't have the money for hotel. Are there any families Mm -hmm. that would put me up? Um, and, you know, this is tennis. These are nice houses. Uh, and mm-hmm. so sometimes you get put up. Sometimes there's not a lot of people in the house. Sometimes uh, you lose and maybe the, you know, the, the mom, maybe she's serving drinks. I've heard of that happening, too. Um, but <laughs> that's as far as I'll take it.
6: Oh,
5: really? What you're telling me is that I have to tell Rod that he needs to be a tennis a tennis pro and maybe yeah, lose a couple know. of matches it might work out for him i could see him working that path but i, I like this sir i like this i like this. thank you right, how good.
2: how does a career like this end like like is there a day like in football you are waived and eventually no I, one else will sign you or invite you back in tennis? if everything is an open and you just have to win the qualifying tournament to get a chance to get a chance for the bigger tournament at walk us through that last month of playing tennis is it a decision to just not get in any more tournaments i'm tired of losing or this isn't profitable i'm out of cash like yeah. mm. walk us through the end of it through the end of a tennis career for for the average you know tennis pro
0: Yeah, it's an excellent question because it's not like most of us get to play our last match on Arthur Ashe Stadium in front of Mm 29,000 people on ESPN. It's this really um, uneventful, uh, objective, financial, emotional. You're kind of like, yeah, I remember I got basically what happened with me was I got offered the assistant coaching position at University of Michigan. And I just Mm -hmm. said. That's it. I'm taking that job. I'm going from one job to the next. And I had about mm. $4,000 left also. So that certainly helped <laughs> the decision. That'll do it. Um, mm. but at, Were you married I, at the time? I, no, I wasn't. I was living with my parents. Okay. Uh, um, and I was 24. And, okay. uh, you know, my last year on te- with with tennis, as I, I, I was all this downtime that you have waiting, I used to write jokes and, and notebooks and essentially mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. those notebooks are what turned into my first stand-up comedy set but you know most i i guess even in minor league baseball there is a last day that, or last at bat but in tennis much like golf it's kind you kind of just slowly fade away
5: Hmm. so no like you don't play on the underground Tennis death circuit until you know you just can't <laughs> the knees circuit. give out. That yeah, would be you know, sick.
2: And one street ball for tennis.
5: <laughs> and one street ball. For, thank you, bro. You know what I'm saying lots of explosions, <laughs> no, calls, that, that, that possible killing I mean,
0: moves at the end of matches. oh that would be sick. That's it. That'd be a good video game, right? right? But, but yeah, there isn't. You know, and this is tennis. It's it's a pretty affluent sport. Most players, when they're done playing, they probably got some other stuff lined up. You know, it's not it's not as dramatic or sad as to some of the other sports where like, holy shit, I've been a defensive lineman my whole life. I'm now injured. Bring it's in over. your playbook. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not as dramatic. Bring as in defense. your racket. Turning your balls.
2: <laughs> what what are some interesting scams that you've seen run at various businesses? I don't imagine you to have been much of a scammer yourself because you went from coaching straight into stand-up comedy. You know, comedy itself is a scammy business, television.
0: Um, I played a comedy club in the Midwest, still in business, so I will will refrain their name. Small, intimate, wonderful venue. I was there uh, Saturday. I see this giant U-Haul pull up, and the entire staff is taking the chairs and the tables from the showroom and loading them into the U-Haul and the U-Haul's parked in the back with the flashers on. So I go in there and I'm going, What's up? And they're going, We're getting our fire inspection and we need to be at this number. Uh, but you know, we seat four times that obviously in the showroom. So they oh, periodically rent a U Haul and put all the stuff in a in a U Haul on the corner with the flashers on and wait for the fire commissioner to, to leave. And I was like, that is some, that is some intelligent. <laughs> oh, no. and, and, and they supposedly they pay, supposedly they pay the commissioner. So he says to them, I'm coming in now. So then they got two hours that's to go business. rent the truck and do this whole that's thing. Good
5: business. That's good business. That's good business. <laughs> when you're in with the commissioner, I don't care. That's good business. That That's that's the way yeah. you should do it. That, 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 that's the way it works. I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I respect nah. them. I respect mm. them. I'm not necessarily saying Cody's mm. most, most, uh, most, but I'm just saying it's, that's pretty damn close. You're in with the commissioner. Mm, I love it. I like yeah, the that's good
2: business until there's a fucking fire,
5: Ralph. Well, I mean, you know, until there's a fire that's the price yeah, of stuff. doing business. What are you both talking about? <laughs> what are you talking? I want my bonus. Pack them in. God damn it. I don't give a shit. Put 50 chairs in there. See, that's what happened. Both of you two are famous to do things for causes and to look at the money and just be like, oh, it's cool. <laughs> Me. I'm still in the motherfucking coma. fire. Burn the place down. Somebody's trying to peel themselves. Give oh, no. yeah, My jokes. I want the jokes. I want the cash.
2: After the break, we'll bring it home with the homie Michael Costa. and wrap up a little bit of tennis talk. It's a job fair.
1: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at
6: purdueglobal.edu The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift. And danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Job fair,
2: round and third, headed for home. Now I want to talk about uh the two podcasts that you are working on, Costa but first JG, what was your question?
3: Oh, I was just gonna say today impacts tomorrow. What are you doing today to make your world, your sphere, your neighborhood, your area, a better place?
0: Oh man. I hate this question.
3: What? I... Who else has asked you this question? In
0: the
2: philanthropy question was that, that also document.
3: I can see there's good in those eyes. You have kind eyes. So I'm wondering yeah. what are you doing to make the world a better place? Or even if it's just your neighborhood or your sphere of influence.
0: Yeah, I mean, the reason I hate this question is I never feel that I'm doing enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I have decided that raising a daughter, raising a a daughter, doing more than enough.
5: You're you're doing more than
0: enough. You're raising a daughter. I've got one too. Um, So I try very, I try very hard. Don't need to to do do anything else,
5: Mike. Just keep her off the pole. Yeah, I guess so.
0: I I guess so. (laughs) Okay, it's all right. Uh, you know, in my neighborhood, there's some trash pickup. Costa, Costa bought one of those things that picks up the trash. Uh With arms. Yes. You know, that goes around. My, my neighbor, my neighbors laugh at me because I put the mask and the gloves on and I go pick it up. I'm still confused why I visit other cities around the world and no one has the trash like New York City, but, um, but. I'll, I'll, that'll be my answer, but I'll also take your question as a, as a slight nudge for me to, to reconsider ways well, I can do more.
2: Let me, let me say one thing to that, Costa, and this is something that I think a lot of people don't know mm. about what we do at The Daily Show, but you know, a lot of what we pitch at the show comes from the correspondents. So mm-hmm. we are, in a lot of ways, the arbiters of where the camera gets pointed.
6: Mm. and
2: what issue gets you know I am not and I found this out when I went back to Birmingham during George Floyd to help with cleanup after you know some you know rioting and you know folks tearing up shit but I will probably never have the availability to be the person that's the boots on the ground to lead the charge about the thing but what Mm. I can do is be the support system Mm. to bring attention to the issue or bring money to the issue which then helps to solve the issue So for me, yeah, it's always been about trying my best to make sure that Mm. I'm trying to create conversations around issues that a lot of people don't give a fuck about Mm -hmm. because the Daily Show, just by volume, Mm. we get to cover more shit than any other show because we are on four nights a week. So we, you know, Mm. we just have more runway. So I would I would say you care a lot more than you probably Mm -hmm. something about Costa JG and he's probably not giving himself credit for it. He just straight up took on the role of water dude at the show. This motherfucker, like the way I'm like, always like, ooh, let me find another race story. Costa's like, hey, the water's fucked up. huh. You gotta fix the fucking, so he time and time again has, you know, spearheaded oh. so many stories that are That's about good. the environment, and when you look at what's going down right now in Jackson, Mississippi, mm-hmm. with all of the fuckery there, you best believe Dude, that that type of Dude. shit has already been pitched by the
3: motherfucker. You look at that; there right. it is. Yes. Oh yeah,
0: I mean, I, 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 yeah. The more I've dug into water quality, we mm-hmm. we call ourselves USA. Right. or number one, motherfucker. Jacksonville, Mississippi, has been have, had up, had to right. boil your water the last three months i mean flint still isn't figured out it's like wait we don't we don't have our we don't have clean drinking water for Mm -hmm. our citizens so oh and and you want them to be more politically active or more registered to vote they can't they wouldn't have drinking water so yeah roy thank you for thank you for thank you for mentioning that but yeah i mean When we're in the shit,
2: we don't even realize what we're doing and the worth and just how unique and how powerful it is in the moment. And also, J.G. Costa is the person when we were looking at the red algae and green algae plumes that are polluting um, the the water systems in Florida.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Costa wanted to get on a boat and ride through the algae so we could see it up fucking close, which we did. And we both almost went fucking blind because... It's in the air. Like whatever yes. toxin is in that water, mm-hmm. that it's in your it's in the air. It's fucking with your eyes, yeah, all types away. of and shit. Trip. But you know, it was a good story. Free trip to Miami.
3: Okay. I'm curious about something totally different. Who put your head on this tennis ball?
0: What ta- what who put my head on what tennis ball? <laughs> oh, the logo.
3: This tennis ball as it relates to your podcast. I'm looking at a picture that has your head <laughs> oh. on the tennis ball. <laughs> who did that? Oh
0: no. The- it was a graphic designer friend. What, you're not happy with it? With it's your hand on a tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> you can
3: have whatever you want. But tell <laughs> us about the podcast.
0: Thank you. There, I have uh, my own personal podcast called Tennis Anyone with Michael Costa. And we talk tennis. We talk everything. But uh, And then I also have to promote a wonderful podcast I was a part mm-hmm. of called Choosing Sides F1 oh. with Sports Illustrated, where I don't know anything about Formula One. Racing, Ooh. but um, with a journalist named Lily Herman, I was presented every team and every driver. And at the end of the season, I pick my team and my driver. And I learned so much about Formula One and it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. But that's cool. Really, really fun. That's a crazy sport.
3: That makes me think of Ricky that's
0: Bobby. A <laughs> that's, that's a NASCAR. No, yeah. cool. <laughs> no,
3: no. In the movie, in the movie, there's a Formula One right. racer. Right. Thank you. You need to know your Ricky you're right. Bobby.
5: The French dude. The French dude. <laughs> yes. In and takes over. Yeah. And-
3: Ricky
0: Bobby. <laughs> yeah <Mickey laughs> he's sponsored by P- Sasha <laughs> Bay Bay and Cohen. Right.
3: yes yes <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've enjoyed watching F1 the last couple of years I'd be lying if I said the Netflix series F1 drive to survive yeah, tell did not it helped me understand the stakes and the strategy of the sport in a way that video games did not for the most right. part I learned sports by playing. The video game version of it and then that gets me interested <laughs> in the real life version of it like i've reverse engineered my way to soccer with that with yeah. hockey but that, like that's right, yeah. that's just how otherwise i was never going to learn about that nascar is a little bit more simplistic in circle 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 and there's strategy to it right. but it's not to the degree uh you know of formula one mm-hmm. so with this podcast I think what's dope about it is that you're able what you represent in that is the person who doesn't necessarily understand it. Yeah, you know, it.
0: I don't know and I didn't know anything about F1. I didn't they told me not to watch Drive to Survive. Okay. And what I what I learned in the podcast is it's always interesting to learn this stuff. Formula 1 was very against Drive to Survive. They they were really reluctant at first. They liked their fan base. They didn't want new people. It is a wealthy Oh. old white dude sport
1: uh-huh.
0: and and they were convinced to to give this a shot and man has it exploded the sport grown the sport and uh punch bunch of people are watching the sport that never did before and that's only good for their business
2: mm. yeah well we thank you so much for coming on thank brother you, I don't you. want to hold you up I know you got a two-year-old somewhere in that house that you have to tend to that I'm sure somewhere <laughs> <can't> <laughs> you
0: mean somewhere, somewhere.
2: Yeah, it's part of having a child. You know they're there. They're I there. mean,
0: just, just so you see, like, like I'm recording, but there there's like a bouncy house right here. <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so thank much you. for coming thank on, you. brother. Um, I love you, and I'll see you back oh. in the office at some point, man. Nice.
0: Thanks, Roy. You're the man. Thank Michael you, guys. Thank everybody. you. That's honor, brother.
2: That's the show. Roy's job fair is a product of I Media, Comedy Central, and South Park and Princeton Productions. We did it. Um... I did think of one more person for a thousand dollars that I hmm. think, I think I would wanna talk to.
5: Hmm.
2: Michelle Obama.
5: Obama's win every I time.
2: Think Michelle Obama. You kind of I have the husband number. I think,
5: because uh, I think Hold she up, would Hold up, wait be a minute, wait, she, you say he got would... the husband's number, J.G.?
3: Absolutely.
5: Nigga, uh, even uh, you uh, could you could uh, save me $1,000? <laughs> All this <laughs> time you've been asking me about right? my barbecue, I, I my know just told you, the people, people, the just, person, you could save me $1,000. Whatever.
4: I don't
2: know Obama. I could save y'all
5: both
4: $1,000. Why are you paying $1,000? That's what I'm about to say. i to see somebody who going to invite you to a barbecue.
2: Because I feel like at the end of talking to Michelle Obama, she'd give me my money back. She'd be like, baby, I just want you to keep this. Money. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the one. All right, next week, Rod's relationship fair returns the dangers of work parties. Don't you go to these work parties? You get mm-hmm. to drinking, and sooner or later, Somebody going to get to having sex. So uh, give us a call. Uh, Reach out to the show, RoyceJobFair at gmail.com if you got one you want to add to the show. Uh, That's it. We'll do it again next week. This
6: has been a Comedy
5: Central podcast. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own.